incoming hostiles. Welcome to Wear Gaming Weekly for the week of July 24th, 2019. My name is Nick, and across the world from me and three hours ahead of time is my brother Josh. Say hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. For your information, Wear Gaming Weekly posts every Wednesday on YouTube.com and on podcast services. This one's going to go up on a Monday. Uh, you can find out more about us at WearGaming.com, and in the coming weeks, we will be streaming games live on twitch.tv slash wearegaming underscore. If you want to be a part of the show, make sure you write into us at weekly at wearegaming.com and you can tweet to us at wearegaming underscore. How are you doing, Josh? I am doing all right. Been very busy, not a lot of gaming, but there's also not a lot of news. So yeah, it, it just fits. Yeah. <laughs> now I've been, uh, as everyone knows by now, I've moved to the other coast, not to the other coast, to the coast, the west one, and uh, have been struggling to make ends meet because I did not line up a job before I got out here. Oops. Uh, so right now I am staying at my friend's house in Sherman Oaks, California, uh, driving for Instacart and for Postmates trying to make my bills. Uh, and it's really hard to do that. Uh, it's unless you're doing it like 12 hours a day and I can't like everyone know everyone who doesn't know is like the gamble between like gas money and then like the money you can actually put into your bank and stuff doesn't always work like I owe right I owe my how much time do you spend out driving um, around when you could go out and put in job applications things yeah, like that it, or it's stuff like that uh, so um but usually three hours for Instacart gives me a pretty good amount of money. So, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I do owe my roommate a ton of groceries because I've just been like <laughs> eating all Chowing the food, down. eating all the food that I, I mean I don't like take advantage of it, but it you know it's here and that that's all I got. So uh, unless I put money on my credit card, which I'm trying not to do. Uh, but uh, I have played some games, and actually this next this first story is related to. It sort of. Uh, so um, let us get started with the who, what, and the where. Uh, Let's do it. This is a uh, interesting article. Uh, class action lawsuit on Switch's allegedly faulty Joy Cons filed. That was a those are weird words together. There is a lawsuit being filed against Nintendo for the Joy Cons. This is from Imran Khan on. This is Game Informer. Game Informer. Uh, have you ever been playing a game using the Switch's Joy-Con, the little controllers that sit on the side of the console, and it drops some inputs or starts drifting toward a direction without you touching it? It's really infuriating. Infuriating. 
Nintendo even acknowledged that it can happen for a variety of reasons and offered to fix Joy-Cons in the first year after purchase. The fix, however, doesn't seem to fix the fundamental issues with the controller's design, and some owners seem to be tired of it and are looking for solutions in court. A suit filed by Ryan Diaz in the U.S. District Court in Seattle, Washington, alleges that Joy-Cons overwhelmingly experience the drift issue. Given enough time, Diaz argues, the problem becomes unfixable and games will perceive analog stick movements without any such input. Diaz activated Nintendo's warranty for Joy-Cons after first experiencing the problem and sent his in, only to have it crop up again a few months later. After one fix, Nintendo requires owners to pay for a repair, so Diaz just bought a new set. Under the suit, the plaintiff alleges that Nintendo knows about the issue with Joy-Cons from their own internal testing in the last two years of reports about the issue online. Nintendo's lack of warning on the subject is something that he feels is worthy of class action lawsuit. Diaz is seeking compensation from Nintendo or for the problem. Business website Games Daily spoke to Brandon J. Huffman, an attorney with Odin Law and Media, who did not seem to think there's a lot of meat to this issue. For Nintendo, the best case is get it dismissed or the class does not get certified for some reason. Worst case is that Nintendo faces millions in damages and millions more in attorney fees, but I think that's pretty unlikely. Nintendo has yet to comment on the subject. Uh, so uh, I believe um, I read a different article that it actually is getting represented because I filled out because it was asking for stories um, mm-hmm. about your experiences with this issue. Um, uh, it was a weird name. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit more uh, from a different article. Uh, this is from digitaltrends.com by Aaron Mamet. Uh, the law offices of Chemicals Schwartz Kreiner and Don- Donaldson Smith moved ahead with the lawsuit after gathering information from players who were experiencing the problem. Uh, in the lawsuit, which was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington, um, this company alleges that the Joy-Con stick, joy, joysticks on the Joy-Con controllers are defective. And they also ask that if you have, um, have any experiences, there's a way to, you know, fill out your, you know, complaint on there. Um, I tried to, and then, um, it said it wouldn't take, like, there was like a 404 issue or it was, I mean, it wasn't 404, but it was basically like website overload. Cause I think many people have this issue. So I've had this issue playing Katana Zero. I started having the issue earlier in the life cycle of my switch, but it hasn't been, um, too bad. No. Uh, but mo- most recently it's gotten really bad. Like I would like notice it in Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, but sometimes I would think, oh, it's just the game, not me. But like I would have like my character would just keep running for the ball, even though I had to let go of the joy, joy uh, mm-hmm. stick. Um, and then most recently with Katana Zero, there's a lot of there. The later you get into the game, the more stealth things there are. Like you have to wait and then attack. And if you like scooting into a location, my character would just keep going, mm-hmm. and then. Either I would die or I would fail the mission or there are like sometimes like you can pass a mission without meeting all of the requirements. And so sometimes that would happen. Okay. And at, at some points I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just user error. But there were like, and sometimes it would just, it would continue after I'd let go. But then there were times where like the, like I would start the mission and then be like planning it out in my head. 
and my character would just go without me even touching it. Um, and and it was regardless if I used the D pad or the joy okay. for that matter, uh, or, or or the you know the joystick. So, um, now what I'm not sure of uh, is if this is a Joy-Con specific issue or because I've not tried playing the game with my pro controller okay. or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, I think, I, I don't know if it's more frustrating that it's inconsistent or not because like I would prefer, I mean, if it's, if it's a problem with the controller, then do I need to buy another controller or if it's a problem with the game, but it's obviously a problem with the controller. Right. Um, but I'm also, I don't have any money to get right, another, right. so I just have to, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't recall too many issues playing with the switch, but I did always prefer to play with a pro controller. You know, the PlayStation has a similar issue, but I don't think it's as, as it, I don't think onset is as sudden or, or, or as early as this is mentioning. No, um, I did have that problem after hundreds of hours of playing destiny where um, I would have problems hitting the sprint button or running the the left joystick would start failing, but that was after yeah. extensive use, and that was just you know as simple like well it's time for a new controller or uh, some some people who are intrepid would could take it apart and fix it or clean it out or something I don't know, but um, the time I tried to do it it didn't fix it so. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and I and I think that's a specifically an overtime issue, right? Like it shouldn't happen within um, the first couple of years of owning this this eighty dollar no. controller, you know. So, yeah, and I've had I, you know I've had the switch for almost a year next month, mm-hmm. uh, so it's barely even been you know it hasn't even been a year, and we, and we don't time. and we never spent tons and tons of time on it, yeah. So. And like I said, I I prefer to play with a pro controller because I don't like the Joy Cons. So right. So we'll see. I I think I'll I'll look more into like if I'm if I use the pro the pro controller if it'll work. Just because I usually play it undocked, I don't really see a need to having the pro controller, but it would still work regardless. So maybe maybe I'll do yeah. Uh, see how it goes. All right. So. Well, we'll we'll keep but an yeah, eye on that. If you've had an issue, uh, if you have had an issue with it, please uh, you know. Sign up for this class action lawsuit. Um, well, I don't know if the do you have to sign up for a class action lawsuit? Aren't, isn't it just like if you've had this issue? I've never signed up. I've never get... been a part of a real class action lawsuit, so I I, I wouldn't. I am not a legal consultant, so don't ask me. But if you okay. have this issue, you are more than welcome to look into it. All right, take us next. All right, <clears throat> moving on. Uh, PS5's next-gen PSVR headset will be wireless, cost $250, and even can even track your eye movement uh, by Alex Avard. Uh, this is from Push Square. I'm pretty, pretty sure, yeah. Leaked PS5 patents paint a detailed picture of what to expect from Sony's next-gen PSVR headset. Information about Sony's in-the-works next-generation console, the PS5, has been leakier than a rapture pa- pipeline on a bad day in Bioshock. So much so that we even know a fair few things about its accompanying PSVR headset. After having PS5 confirmed to us earlier this year, a subsequent slate of patent leaks have patent leaks have revealed more about Sony's next steps in the virtual reality, particularly with regards to its next-gen PlayStation VR headset. 
As reported by Inverse, a slate of recently surfaced patents and trademarks filed by Sony reveal a number of p- details and prototype pictures of the PS5's, equi- PS5's equivalent PSVR headset, which will, which will apparently cost $250 in the U.S., uh, boast eye and head tracking technology, and even run wirelessly up to five hours of battery life. Battery life. This sounds like pie in the sky stuff here. If you're one for the granularity of VR specs, these patents also suggest that Sony is aiming for a 560 by 1440 resolution for the PS5's new headset, along with a 120 hertz refresh rate and a 220 degree field of view. Earlier this year, another leak suggested that Sony may be developing a VR glove with haptic feedback, which, when paired with the head and eye tracking capabilities of this rumored headset, could create some of the most immersive uh, vir- virtual reality games yet. Sadly, we still have no idea about a release date for the for either the PS5 or its accessories, but the current bets are for late 2020, especially as Microsoft has already confirmed a launch window for its next-generation console, Xbox Pro- Project Scarlet. So, mm-hmm. like I said, this sounds like pie in the sky. Well, right now it all looks like speculation. Uh, it says they're leaks. It's leaks, all speculation. Uh, patents. Yeah. Even if it's a patented, like a leak, that, a leak of a patent. It doesn't mean necessarily anything. Right. P- patents are filed all the time. Uh, Oculus Quest, the the, the newest VR, yeah. the newest uh, handheld or wireless all-in-one VR headset is still $400. Right. Um, PSVR released at $400. Right now, you could probably get a PSVR headset and the Move controllers for around $250. So the idea that a better version of the PSVR that is wireless with eye tracking, head tracking, and a glove would be $250. Sounds kind of crazy to me. Mm-hmm. You're probably hugging at least $300, $350 for something like that. Uh, just based on the technology alone. Not to mention they're not going to release it within the first year or so two of the PS5. So they don't detract sales from that. Yeah. However, all this sounds really neat. I, mean, I would love uh, for it all to work. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, this, you know, the the thing about the PSVR is, it, it with since it's compatible with the PS5, that means the PlayStation Move controller is going to be compatible <laughs> with the PS5. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this failed attempt at motion controls, and and the previous generation, PS3 generation, is. Was revived for this generation and is going to continue in the next generation. That's amazing. Which I I feel like I am the biggest winner of this because I got I I got that for my 16th birthday, and then we played yeah. maybe a handful of games. I mean, it was never that good. Uh, but I I never got rid of my I never got rid of the of the controllers. So it it made getting the PSVR not that hard of a choice because like I already have two. Actually, I had already bought a PSP, a, a, a PlayStation Eye camera. camera as well, like for the PS4. I had two of the three components, so it was like right. I can just get this and then spend the money on game. So I remember getting the camera because I was going to use it for uh, Switch or Twitch um, mm-hmm. streaming, uh, when, and I tried that early on. Uh, so yeah. But so, yeah, um, those. So, again, those are just rumors. You know, take it with a grain of salt. And as soon as we have more information, uh, we'll let you know. Um, Again, I I did not get I I did. I did bad this time on getting uh, websites. Oh, 
Let's see. Oh, you think? Uh, PSVR was from the headset was from Games Radar, not uh, Push Square. Okay. Uh, and then the next one is from ComicBook.com. Uh, the Red Dead one. Red Dead, yeah. Red Dead Redemption remake reportedly in development at Rockstar. This is from Tyler Fisher over at ComicBook.com. A new rumor has surfaced claiming that Rockstar Games is currently working on a remake of Red Dead Redemption that will release sometime in late 2020 or early 2021, which presumably suggests it's in development for both PS4 and PS5 and both Xbox One and Xbox Scarlet and maybe PC as well. PC as well. It also shares a few interesting tidbits about the remake, alongside revealing that Rockstar is also working on Red Dead Redemption 2 story DLC featuring aliens. More on that somewhere else. Uh, The rumor alleges that the project is more of a remake than a remaster, and that it brings over the features from the new game. In other words, it makes it it more in line with Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay and features-wise. Meanwhile, the map is also being made bigger, though it won't include Red Dead Redemption 2's map. The, few, the rumor also claims that Rob Whitehoff, the voice of John Marson, has come back to record new lines of dialogue to help connect the two stories. In other words, lines that reference Arthur in the events of the first game. It's unclear if the if other actors received similar callbacks, but you'd assume they'd be brought back. If they brought back Whitehoff, they'd bring back others as well. Apparently, the remake was supposed to release on the game's 10-year anniversary, which is next year, but development issues might mean it's pushed to 2021. Uh, further, some of Red Dead Online team has been shifted to the project to ensure it's releasing on time. Uh, and this is perhaps the bit that sticks out and potentially discredits the rumor. There's certainly a lot of reasons to re- to release a remake of the first. Pause, pause before we finish the rest of it. I don't know if there's any spoilers in the rest of this article. But you haven't been, finished the game. So just just giving you the heads up. Let me... It doesn't seem like there would be. Well. Okay, no. No spoilers. Okay. There's certainly a lot of reasons to release a remake of the first game, namely making a ton of money, but to pull people from Red Dead Online to do something to do so seems odd because there's a much more profit potential in Red Dead Online, but at the moment it's not being realized, mostly due to slow and lackluster support. Uh, that being said, take this with a huge grain of salt. Uh, this is the rumor from an anonymous source who claims to have a friend that's an environment artist at Rockstar Games. That sentence was like, oh. It's all a bit shoddy, and as you well know, the rumors pertaining to Rockstar Games are infamously unreliable. Uh, however, I've seen plenty of shoddy rumors and leaks like this turn out to be true, so who knows? Again, that was Tyler Fisher. Um, um, cool. Uh, I, the idea of this being a total remake sounds weird to me. I think they have the basis of putting this game as a big DLC in Red Dead Redemption 2, because even though you haven't finished the game, you've seen the map. You you don't go through the whole map in the story. Right. Like, I mean, the... there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole section of the map. You don't even go to and that you could, for the most part, put the entire Red Dead Redemption one mm-hmm. in Red Dead Redemption 2. So the fact that they didn't just add it, well, and then, like, uh, again, I'm close to the end, but not that close. Uh, I think I'm on chapter four. Uh, uh, no, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I you know, there's Blackwater in the game, which is where you end the first game. 
I think. Uh, no, where you begin. You begin in Blackwater? Yes. Oh, I thought you ended. You oh, wait, st- no. You step off the train into the Blackwater. Now I remember where you end. So that world's there. And in Red Dead, in the original Red Dead's map, it's on the top right of the map. And on the bottom left is Mexico. So, like, you could really just keep fleshing that world out and just make oh, yeah. this huge <clears throat> thing. Um, I mean, I would like them to put Red Dead Redemption 1 in there. Uh, br- you know, obviously bring it up to a uh, more realized, you know, or higher fidelity. Mm-hmm. But see, the people who, like, the people who didn't like Red Dead 2, if this was true, wouldn't want that treatment done to Red Dead 1. Sure. Um, just because there's a reason why they liked that story and liked that gameplay style that they didn't like in this one. It was slower, uh, you know, it was more deliberate. Uh, well, they could probably fix a lot of that. They could uh, add some tra- fast travel points. Like, just, just put fast travel in the game. There's no reason for it not to be in the game mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I don't think detracting from Red Dead Online is a big deal because I don't know that anybody's playing Red Dead Online. That was one of my biggest, uh, like, I think uh, we obviously started this show after we started the podcast. Uh, we started the podcast after Red Dead came out, but I really wanted to be a part of that world. I really wanted to ha- be, like, in the Red Dead, like, posse stuff, and then I haven't even finished beating the game. And it's not because I don't like it. It's just one day I played something else, or or, or I just took a break. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mm trying to get back to it but so yeah so um i'm sure we'll hear hear more about it if it's true and if not then we won't yep uh all right do you want to take <clears throat> us home oh wait this all isn't right. taking last... us home it's second to last oh, story second to last story uh gamestop is touching much different store layouts including retro focused ones from eddie mccook at gamespot uh, video game retailer GameStop has unveiled an ambitious an, an, an ambitious plan for new types of retail stores. Uh, the company is partnering with a global innovation design firm, RGA, to create streamlined GameStop stores. Uh, the two companies are working together on designing and testing out stores, which GameStop says in a new release will introduce new ways for shoppers to try games before they guy them. It does say guy. It's supposed to say It buy. does say guy. I should say bye. Uh, the store themselves, the stores themselves will have a unique layout and purpose. <clears throat> Some of the store concepts will be focused on competitive gaming and homegrown e-leagues, while other co- concept stores will ex- re- exclusively sell retro games and hardware. The new stores will be piloted at in, in a select market, though GameStop didn't say exactly where they'll be tested or if it'll be somewhere in the United States. Uh, GameStop's chief customer officer... Uh, Frank uh, Frank Hamlin said in a statement, quote, we're on a journey to use our vast retail footprint to provide an engaging and well thought out experience that enhances our consumers gaming interest, end quote. Uh, Hamlin said that GameStop wants to reimagine what the store experience can be. Um, GameStop has seen better days. The company's share price is currently under five dollars a share, which is close to the lowest it's ever been in the company's history. The company recently hired a new CEO, George Sherman, who said at the time of his hiring that he looks forward to putting GameStop through a large transformation. It appears these new concept stores are part of that. 
Another news, Hamlin recently told GameSpot that the retailer is excited about the PlayStation 5 and Scarlet in part because they will have disk drives. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, this is very close to you know what I've said before that they need to do. Um, they need, uh, in my opinion, they need to shutter a bunch of stores because in some instances, <laughs> there's GameStops across the street from GameStops, and that's just oversaturated. Mm. Um, they need some stores that are bigger that you can go in and you can like ha- have a lounge and play games and hang out with people, have a coffee shop or something where you, you have an environment. Cause we, we had a, we had a place like that, uh, cosmic oasis down in Richmond where you could go in and play board games or video games. And there was like a deli and things like that. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't particularly use it, but it was a popular stop. You people went in and played magic, the gathering and things like that. So if they were to bring more of that, and because around here there's no place to really do that, there's no like mega mecca of nerd nerddom that yeah. you can go to and do this kind of stuff. So I think that's a great uh, move for them. I don't I don't think it'll be uh, proven until it shows. I think retro games is a bad idea <clears throat> because mom and pop shops Dude, are not doing well mm-hmm. they close they open and close all the time because they just they can't survive off of just selling retro games and hardware right i think having retro games and hardware available is a interesting niche market but i don't think that'll i don't think a store that ex- exclusively sells that stuff is going to do very well at all right um I, having the e-league stuff um is also impress uh, uh, um a positive because uh, as as Fortnite and these PUBG and Overwatch and all as these games continue to come out and become more mainstream, I think having these places for hey, if I wanted to join an e league, I don't even know where where I would go. You know, if I was you know eighteen nineteen and I was getting really good at Overwatch, well, who would I go to? How could I join a league here in the middle of the country and not in like L.A. or uh, New York, where you have these places. So if you have a store that's going to be like, hey, you can come in and try out for the team or whatever, and then maybe there's a joining fee or something, and then you mm-hmm. can join, and then blah, 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 blah. If you do well. And it creates, you know, like smaller divisions that like, oh, the you know the Oklahoma GameStop has a team, and then like the Fern Creek GameStop has I, I a team. I don't know that I don't think it'll be that small. No? I think I think it'll be more. I think it'll give the opportunity for more more cities to have something like this, like Louisville and Lexington and mm-hmm. Indianapolis or uh, Jeffersonville. You know, you'll, you'll be able to have these leagues, and the the cream of the crop will obviously rise to the top, and then they they maybe join up with the bigger leagues. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So well, I don't I don't know that there'll be enough interest for like every little store to have a one, single. But... Yeah. Well, I think. See, what I find most interesting about this is, in my opinion, in my experience, it's almost kind of like a return to the way some stores used to be, like Toys R Us. Uh, Because when I was younger, Toys R Us was doing similar things. Like, I could go to, every Tuesday, I went to Toys R Us and play Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and there was Yu-Gi-Oh competitions, which I know is different, but it's, it's that same style of a place where people can go to gather and play something and and be a part of a group and so that's so in a way i think it's interesting that it's kind of going back in time mm-hmm. a little bit but also 
it is like you said filling a gap that needs that that is needed and because gamestop is doing what they because gamestop has been doing poorly well not i don't want to use the word that seems like really bad it's not as great as they used to be i think this is a good way for them to get back in there the thing i think the hard part the the hard part they're going to face is getting people to come back to game come to gamestop for those reasons because i go to Mm -hmm. gamestop rarely and when it's it was either for hardware or software i mean yeah or a game that for some reason i feel the need to have a physical copy of which i don't yeah often uh, but I got my P- my PS Pro there, so yeah. I mean, and for someone like me or you, it, it may not be a place that we would go. But if, if, but if we were younger, if we were you know in our early you know twenties or you know in our teens, we would be more. I would be more likely to hang out at a place where there was a bunch of games and the yeah. gamers. Well, and you know, it goes back to my other thing about giving people opportunities to play something if they don't have it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, we've never had a ton of money, but we've always been fortunate enough to at least have, if if not the latest console, the one right before it, and be up on all of it. But if, yeah. you know, if, if, you know, if I'm a part of a family that can't afford to have games uh, and afford to have, you know, the latest one and play the latest Call of Duty with all my buddies me and my buddies can go to GameStop now and right. we can play together and we can, you can be a part of the conversation without having to put your money down for that kind of conversation, especially yeah. maybe or at least not as much money. Maybe yeah. there's like a, a, a fee or a membership or something. Yeah. Maybe like if you did the power up rewards, you know, if you were a power up player, you would, you know, get more game time or, or, you know, that that's a whole other thing. Like the logistics of it, that's on them but but right um and i can see being in middle school or in early high or even in high school and that being the thing you do um and i I would love to see it intertwined with a coffee shop because or a deli like you said and now no that's not because sure you could like well i've got a playstation at home or i could play Fortnite on my phone or whatever but here you can compete uh, you can come join a league or something or try to get into the league and then you can actually be like on an esports league or something. Yeah. yeah. And and that could lead to more than just, well, just playing in your house on, on, you know, by yourself or with people online, you could actually form the team in, in, in house and do like, mm-hmm. uh, make mecha tournaments or something. Or, you know, what if you, if you have a fire team that you create that, mm-hmm. you know, at this like, there's so many possibilities. Uh, I think, I think it's a really good idea. I'm not sure how it's going to be for GameStop. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for them to rebrand themselves as a place that you go hang out at. But if they do it well, like if they, if they even do it once right, then. And I saw someone bring this up um, in one of the groups I'm in. Uh, what if you could go download games at GameStop? Like take my PlayStation up there. Take your and- PlayStation up there. Like, in some of these, uh, in some communities or even in, you know, your own community where you may not have the fastest internet, maybe you can go up here, I can hook up my PlayStation and download all this stuff on like super fast Wi-Fi, uh, Wi-Fi or, um, a hard line or something. And while I'm up here, I'm playing, you know, on the league with the league or something. And then when I go home, I've already, I've got the game I wanted to download or something like that. And maybe it was like on a supercharged, like Tesla, 
fee yeah. or something. Like I paid five bucks to come download this super fast file or something while I was up here. See, that's interesting. I wouldn't do it. Well, no, uh, you wouldn't do it. But if you lived in, you well, know, like, somewhere so where you, where, you're... where I'm at right now, like I have terrible internet in the room where my TV is. It's terrible. It's mm-hmm. like even Netflix. Like, really? Uh, th- there's reasons for it, but uh, but like I redownloaded Red Dead because I'm gonna play it eventually, but I just left it there, and and then when I woke up the next day, it was done. Um, after yeah. I put it into rest mode, so it's interesting. If I had another reason, like, but that wouldn't be the reason I go personally. Sure, but well, but, yeah, like you, you, said, would, you if would... you lived on the top of the mountain and you never got it, maybe that's a different story. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, you know, I I, st- I still think GameStop can figure it out. Um, I think the retro thing is a dangerous place for them to be because just re- retro sells, but not not what they not what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, are you still? Do you still have money invested in GameStop? <laughs> I have not invested in GameStop yet. No. Oh, okay, but because <clears throat> they're still dropping. Um, but I'm gonna see what they do, and you know, maybe I'll put some money into them because mm-hmm. I think I, I think they can figure it out. Um, but maybe not. Maybe they'll go the blockbuster route and yeah, die off. But all, all right, right, last Nick, news for the day: uh, You play plus games list includes nearly every Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and Splinter Cell. This is from Dustin Bailey at P- uh, PCGamesIn.com. Uplay Plus launches in September and it'll let you play a whole swath of Ubisoft catalogs for one monthly fee. We already knew it would include upcoming PS- PC games like Gods and Monsters, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Watch Dogs Legion. But now Ubisoft has revealed the full list of games coming to the platform. The full list is just as wide-ranging as you might hope, including titles from Ubisoft's biggest series going back for years. Every Prince of Persia game's post Sands of Time is here. So... Not Sansa time, but it's all it's the kind other. of what it sounded like it said. Um, as are the Settlers one through seven, the South Park games, the Watchdog titles, a massive selection of Tom Clancy's branded titles, and every main series, every main series Assassin's Creed title. There are some notable omissions, though. Most of the Far Cry series is accounted for, but not the Crytek's original. Similarly, nearly the entire Splinter Cell series is here, except for Pandora Tomorrow, leaving you to jump from the first game to the third. But hey, at least you're getting classics like Beyond Good and Evil and Rainbow Six and Rayman 2. Um, Uplay Plus officially launches September 3rd, and you can sign up for it now uh, on the official website for a free trial lasting until September 30th. After that, um, it'll be $14 a month, or $14.99 a month. In addition to the games themselves, Uplay will also include all DLC, so you'll have access to content including Rainbow Six, including every Rainbow Six Siege operator. So, um, and if you want a list of all those games, you can go to that uh, uh, Uplay Plus article that we just uh, read from uh, P- uh, PCGamesIn.com. Great. <clears throat> um, um, that's really cool. I think the price is just a little steep. Yeah. Personally. Like, uh, I mean, I know it's every game ever, but am I, I'm, I, I, I'm not paying $15 a month. And are you going to play the first seven like six assassin's creed games or right um it's possible i would 
do it for a month and then maybe play through like i would like if that's saying prince of persia is included i would definitely go back and try to play prince of persia again but i already have the south park games i have the watchdogs watchdogs games um i have the assassin's creed games i want so Uh, 14.99 a month is kind of a high price to play you know any other games really yeah Maybe I not agree. for one month. If I could play, if I like maybe marathon and played all of the ones I wanted to play in a month or two, I would probably be worth it. But I, I could uh, justify paying that uh, for a prolonged period. Right. Right. Maybe yeah. four ninety nine a month would probably be for a single for a single publisher service. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a four ninety nine because consider you can pay what fourteen ninety nine for Microsoft. Game Pass Ultimate, which you could play on PC, you could play on your Xbox, you could play uh, eventually with their Xbox X Cloud, and you could so you'd play it, be able to play, play anywhere. it anywhere. And it was not just Microsoft titles, but all Microsoft titles and any third parties they can get. Same thing with Google Stadia. It's like if I can pay this month a month for Google Stadia, and it already has like Breakpoint, I think supposed to be coming to it, and the Vision and and stuff like that, you know. There doesn't seem to be a need for it, right? So, like I said, fourteen ninety nine, a little high. Four ninety nine would be, I would be more likely to subscribe to it for a month and like forget about it for a few months than fourteen ninety nine a month. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but hey, if you are a super Ubisoft fan, and like, and I've said this before, like most of my, like games my favorite games are from ubisoft so it's not yeah i mean we you know, we, we both love the assassin's creed uh, i loved splinter cell up to you know the first few of them um the P- prince of persia i love the prince of persia games so they have good games it's just that 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 price is just too steep for me yeah um but if you're interested then maybe 14.99 is not not a not a deal breaker for you then have at it there's just too many too many subscriptions right now to have to you know do another yeah so. all right uh well that's the show um we're gonna read off your uh, list of upcoming games for this week um okay. we have uh beyond two souls the uh uh quantic dream game is coming to pc for on july 22nd uh biotope on pc for july 23rd uh, the Division 2 Episode 1, the DC Outskirts Expeditions DLC. Uh, PC, PS4, and Xbox One on July 23rd. Um, EA Access comes to PS4 on July 24th. Uh, Kill La Kill, if PC. Tw- July 25th. It says if. Kill La um, Kill if. Maybe. Uh, on July 25th, uh, Songbird Symphony, uh, PC, PS4, Switch on July 25th, Fire Emblem The Three Houses uh, on Switch July 26th, Kill La Kill If on PS4 and Switch on July 26th, Remothered Tormented Fathers Switch mm-hmm. July 26th. I don't even want uh, <laughs> to know. Tetsumo Party, uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 26th. Wolfenstein Cyberpilot VR PC PS uh, P- PC hang on Cyberpilot VR comes to PC VR and PS VR 
on July 26th, as well as uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood comes out PS- PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on July 26th. Ooh. Yeah. What the list? <laughs> ton, ton of games. Uh, I don't have any money, uh, but I would probably play... Well... Uh, I would probably it, check out EA Access. Yeah. My, you know, since it's new, I'd like to check it out. Uh, we have the Division 2 DLC, but we haven't been playing it. Yeah, I do. So, need, I really need to get back in there. really need to get back in there. But Did you ever beat Beyond Two Souls? Uh, you know what? I haven't. Uh, but I was really close. It was actually that... I thought the story was interesting. It's just hard to wrap your head around the game playing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I think that is all for the week. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, but we will be back next week with much more information. Of course, you can always be a part of the show uh, by writing into us at weekly at wheregaming.com. Uh, you can write to me at speaknicklish on Twitter. And you can tweet to me at Jawstep15. Don't forget, you can tweet to us at uh, WhereGaming underscore. Um, we're still not doing video at the moment. Nick's not quite there yet, but we're getting close. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep you all informed. And until next time, say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick. I just waved, but I just waved at Josh. Uh, and I waved at Nick. <laughs>